0: Good morning.
1: Right
0: Today's Fear Not Friday. Fear, Fear Not Friday. Not Friday. <laughs> All right. We'll get going. Today is the 11th day of August. It is 2023. This is Daybreak Live at 8.
1: It's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. coffee and your Bible, listen to what the Spirit says, it's time for daybreak, daybreak. Good morning. i are
0: you redeemed i'm redeemed yeah what i'm redeemed it ain't early in the morning it's eight o'clock
1: it's eight o'clock it's late in the morning no it's late
0: in the morning tell her but i haven't
1: been talking much <laughs> oddly enough
0: no comments all right praise the lord god is so good let's take a moment what where did you say that that wildfire is raging maui in Hawaii. Let's lift up people in Mau- Mountain Mau- Maui. Would you join with me please? Father, in the name of Jesus, yes, God, we just pray for those in Maui. We pray for oh, the, the fires that's ravaging. Uh, Lord, I know very little about it, uh, but uh, Lisa, Lisa said it was bad. And so, Father, we just want to lift up those affected. And yes, uh, God, we pray for all of the islands in Hawaii, Lord, that they would come to know Jesus, that you would send missionaries to Hawaii. I know that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of resistance to the gospel in a, in a lot of areas. So Father, we pray for this and we just pray for your touch and blessing to be upon those that are suffering in Jesus name. Amen. amen, amen. Hey, love you guys. It's good to see you. Thank you for being on here at this eight o'clock time, eight o'clock time.
1: Yeah, please remember to share and help other people find us because I don't know if people it's just too late, they're going to work, but um, yeah, we, be sure to get
0: that word out there. Yeah, it's so fine. Moved. People will find us, amen. People will find us. Thank you guys for sharing. We have got up to Proverbs chapter 17 now. Uh, walking through the entire book of Proverbs, we have gotten to verse, verse chapter 17. I hope you've enjoyed this week as we've been walking through chapter 16. And uh, we'll kick off with verse 1 here. Got your Bibles. Thank you, Jesus. Let me get number 1 on here. Let me get all switched over here. Here we go. Boom. There we go. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. Now, if you've got a New King James Version, there's a little A there. And down at the bottom of your page, it'll say "sacrificial meals." If you, King, if you've got original King James, it'll say, you know, a, sacri- a, a meal of sacrifice or sacrifice meal. The point of this is, um, you know, there were there were feast offerings, there were sacrifice meals that people would eat together during peace offerings, different things like this, and seems to be the context. And he's saying. Better is a dry morsel with quietness. Uh, It's just peace and quiet are beautiful things, are they not? Peace and quiet are just beautiful things than, you know, strife. You got a house full of feasting, but there's strife there. You know, the New Testament, under the New Covenant, we have a a sacrificial feast as well. Anybody know what it is? the lord's supper and i went ahead and marked this because uh it makes me think of the lord's supper because during the lord's supper the apostle paul had to straighten out the corinthian church because they were having a lot of problems in during and while they were feasting the lord's supper you know and over in first corinthians chapter 11 he says, now, I want to give you these instructions. Now, I'm giving you instructions. I'm not praising you. And he goes on. Now, I'm just going to read ad. I'm not really going to read. But he's like, when you guys come together, it's not for better, it's for worse. Why? Well, first of all, there's contentions among you. There's divisions among you when you come together to eat the Lord's Supper, right? Uh Just coming together, he ends up saying there in verse 20, just coming together in one place, that's not to eat the Lord's Supper. It's coming together in one, in unity. Amen. Not just getting together in one place. And he says, some of you guys uh, are getting ahead of the others. You know, one is hungry, another's getting drunk. Well, that settles whether they used real wine or not, by the way. Uh, And he says, do you despise the children of God? What... The church of God, do you despise the unity of the church? What is going on with you? And then he starts setting in order, you know, how you need to be careful when you're taking communion. The Lord's Supper. It is a feast of unity, not a feast of feasting, and just a feast of division and strife. And he goes on, and he ends up telling them, this is why some of you guys in the church are sick. This is why some of the people in the congregation have died. What? You read it. I'm not making it up. Read it. Start there. uh, uh, Let's see. Start in verse 17. Read all the way the rest of the chapter. And when he says some have fallen asleep, that means they died. Because the uh, the born-again child of God, when he dies, he actually falls asleep. Long sleep. Goes to be with the Lord. But, yeah, they were so dishonorable in their feasting of the Lord's communion table and striving and contentions. He's like, this is why some of you is getting sick because the Lord will judge those in his house. And therefore he says, so let a man examine himself. So examine yourself, you know, am I one with the Lord? Am I one with my brothers and sisters? That is the unity of the bread. But anyway, this, 17.1 17.1 reminds me of that. I, I like to pull in New Testament teachings uh, about the house full of feasting <laughs> with strife ain't no good. We need unity, peace, and quiet. Amen. Verse 2, Proverbs 17.2, A wise servant will rule over a son who causes shame and will share an inheritance among the brothers. Now, there's nothing, biblically speaking, better than an obedient son, right? The obedient son that listens to his father. It's obedient. It's the joy. Think of Abraham saying, Father, you've made me all these promises, and you've not even given me a child. My servant is going to be the one who takes over. You haven't even given me a son, right? And Abraham wanted that son, his beloved son to hand things to. But the, the reality is a disobedient son, a, an obedient servant is better than a disobedient son. And often we three we see throughout scripture, often we see throughout scripture that the son doesn't take over for the father. That's a shameful thing, isn't it? Actually in Bible study, we on Thursday nights we have our what you call small group, I guess, home Bible study. If you're within driving distance, you're always welcome to come to our house. And uh, we were reading last night, we were reading the sermon that Stephen preached. As as Stephen is preaching the sermon in the book of Acts, we're going through the book of Acts, looking at the early church, and as he's preaching the sermon that caused them to kill him. And we were talking about Moses. And, you know, Moses had two sons. God gave Moses two sons. But who took over for Moses? Moses. Joshua, not one of his sons. And and we see often throughout Scripture that the son, if he's disobedient, let me tell you, an obedient servant is better than a disobedient son. Then he, he even says, uh, and he's going to get some of the inheritance too. Because a father who has built and he wants to lead things to his son, he wants to leave things to his children, right? But they need to have wisdom. They need to have wisdom. And many times, uh, the children just don't have the wisdom. There's probably a lot of reasons for that, but that's what that proverb is talking about. Amen. Dependable servant better than a disobedient son. Okay, verse 3, Proverbs seventeen three. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. Now, i spent my young days working in a place in a factory here my young adult days uh, i spent at a factory called bonnell bonnell is a factory here in carthage tennessee where it's actually over across the river in gornsville but it's in smith county it's a good factory uh, my brother still works there i started there when i was 17 years old and uh, it was really good to start our family but we had a a, a department in Monnell called casting. And in casting is where you would prepare the aluminum and make them into extruding logs and billets, we would call, to put in presses so we could press the aluminum. And we would buy aluminum from all over the place. You would buy scrap aluminum from everywhere, okay? And they would bring it in and we had these big furnaces. You would dump all the aluminum in the furnaces. You heat it up to 1300 degrees and that aluminum would, would melt. And if you had bought a bunch of aluminum that had paint on it, had impurities on it. So you have these big tow motors with these big rakes and you fire it up. and It's, it's like a furnace of fire, you know just burning in there and you're melting the aluminum Well, all the dross, all the impurities rise to the top. Then you take the forklifts with these big old arms and we'd run in there and pull the dross out. Then you'd fire it up again. The dross would rise to the top. Now, silver does the same thing. Gold does it. This, This is how you purify metals. You put the fire to it And it turns into a liquid, and then the impurities float up, rise up to the top. It's called dross. So here in the proverb, it says that the refining pot is for silver. What he's saying, you're refining that silver, and you're making it pure again so that you can do something with it. Then it ends with, but the Lord tests the heart. And so he's using the refining fire as a picture of what God does to our hearts. Now, I want to take you to a New Testament scripture here. And I actually ended up putting this in the the title. The test. The test. Prove the genuineness of our faith. So we're going to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Turn over here with me. Chapter 1. 1 Peter 1, verse 6. Now, if you're just riding or driving, just listen, you know, don't don't pull up and look at anything, just listen. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, listen to this, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Why do trials come into our life? I'm a born-again Christian. You're a born-again Christian. You have the Holy Spirit. Why in the world would God let trials come into your life and my life? Well, listen. Let's listen to the apostle. If we're grieved by various trials, if need be that we're grieved by various trials. Wow. Verse 7. 1 Peter 1.7. That the genuineness... Of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. So you talk about refining gold to get it pure, to show how pure it is. Let me tell you something. Your faith is more precious than gold. Gold is nothing compared to your faith. Silver is nothing Money is nothing. Precious metals is nothing. It's not as precious as your faith. Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Whom having not seen, you love. You love him. You haven't seen him. You didn't walk like Simon Peter. Simon's like, you didn't walk with him for three years like I did. Church, saints, you haven't seen him. But you love him. You love him. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, what? The salvation of your souls. Maybe in the West, in the West, I'm going to say, because in the East and in the West, Middle East and the West, Christians understand the trial of their faith. I believe they understand it a lot better. I think that's why they mature quicker. But in the West, often we don't. Often it's it's easy for my mind to be clouded, for your mind to be clouded, and to start questioning, God, why are you letting these trials come into my life? Why am I tried like this? I don't get it. But you have to understand, I have to understand that if need be, the trial, the fire, just like that fire that's put to a metal to purify it. Do you realize you don't even know how strong your faith is till it's tested? You don't know what manner of faith you have. How strong is your faith? Is your faith real? Do you believe in hard times? Do you believe when things are not going right? Do you be- are you still believing when you've still got a pain that God hasn't healed yet? Things that me and my wife go through and talk about, right? Do you still believe when you don't know exactly how the finances are going to lay out in the future? Do you still believe when you don't understand what is happening? You see, the fire, the fiery trials prove, they prove, they show. But they don't just show to everybody else, they show to us the genuineness of our faith. Is my faith real? God, is my faith real? Will I hold on to you when the world is burning around me? Hallelujah. And so the apostle Peter says, (laughs) greatly rejoice if need for a little while. Trials don't last forever. They're just a little while. If need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Various trials God allows to His precious children to prove out the genuineness of our faith. And I would say this, to purify our faith, to get the dross out. Do you know sometimes I don't even realize how much dross I have in this heart of mine? And that fire brings it out. It brings out my doubts. It brings out my mistrust. It brings out. And what I need to do, I need to scrape it off, just like we used to do at Bonnell. And then put, Lord, put the fire to it again. And let's get this, let's get this faith pure. Amen. I love it. Absolutely love it. This one, verse three, Proverbs seventeen three, really spoke to me this morning. I think because I've been dealing with that with, with many, with uh, several Christians this week, you know, talking about these very things, you know, sometimes uh, someone will share, I'm, I'm, I'm angry with God. It's okay. Be angry with God. Read the Psalms. You know, you've got some angry Psalms in here. When you're feeling discontent with God, you're upset with God, read the Psalms. Here, by all means, don't do this. Don't ignore God and go away from God. Don't do that. If you're upset with God and you don't understand why, fill in the blank. Read, read some psalms. Read some of the angry psalms. Read these things, and I, it's going to help you. It's going to help you, okay? And like I say to people, I've said it from sermons. I've said it many times. Go out in the woods somewhere and just talk to God, and if you need to, just shout to the Lord, you know? Say, God, here's how I'm feeling. It ain't going to hurt him. You're his child, and he loves you. Get it off your chest. Get all of that out. Get it to the Lord. I'll tell you how I, what I've experienced, and I believe many people's experienced, is what you'll find is you're speaking it out to the Lord. God, I'm mad because this has happened. God, I'm mad because I've lost my child. God, I'm, I'm mad because fill in the blank, so-and-so isn't treating me right. I'm just upset, God. I just don't understand. And then just sit in quietness. And let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Let him speak to your heart. He may explain, and he may not explain, but he will soothe your soul. That's
1: right. Just being in His presence. <laughs> yeah. A Woo! Presence hallelujah. The need sometimes. <laughs> I mean. There have been times when I've had questions. Right. Just being in his presence was enough. And I didn't even care anymore what the presence was. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It don't even matter.
0: Once the presence of God surrounds you and you're just basking in the love of God because you've got alone, it's just you and him. You quit ignoring him. You've turned off the phone. You've turned off the TV. You just got out there and you you and Jesus, you and the Holy Spirit, you and the Father. And you feel that presence of God around you. I'll tell you what will happen. He'll take away all that pain, and He'll help you out. Amen. All right. Well, I got caught up in that one. So we got three verses. I didn't get to seven. It's 25 after, but I praise the Lord. I would not, you know, this has been a blessing for me. I need this. Everybody needs this. You know, this is why it's so good to have Bible study every day because The precious word of God helps us, soothes us, speaks to our heart and our mind, gets us reestablished into faith. We remember who we are, and more importantly, we remember who he is, and that he's not left us, he's with us, he's right by our side. He'll never leave us in the trial. If we'll pay attention, he's right there with us. He's right there with us. All right. Well, I love you, saints, here on this Friday. I want to say unto you, Shabbat Shalom. May you have a restful Sabbath. May you have a blessed weekend. May, as you gather together with other saints this weekend, and you sing praises and those hymns are being sang or those those, uh, country gospel songs are being sang or those contemporary worship songs, whatever. Your congregation does. May you listen to the words and may you lift your heart in praise to God. And may you just be in the midst of his presence and listen to the word being read and expounded on this week, this weekend, okay? In the precious name of Jesus. We should be live tomorrow from the upper room. We'll be back at the upper room tomorrow if you want to tune in somewhere around 1115. All right. Love you guys. Uh, Oh, yeah. Let's say the Lord's prayer. Our Father, All right, love you, saints. Lord willing, see some of you tomorrow, see some of your names tomorrow, but I'll see you next Tuesday, 8 a.m. I think Josh and Sarah will be back with us next week, right? Michael, we're going to pick up Michael today from the airport.
1: Hallelujah. All right,
0: love you, bye.